0: Okay. I think I owe you an apology to start. We have not done a podcast. We have not sat you and I with microphones and solved nothing in a couple of months. So I owe you an apology. Um, Oh,
1: no. We owe the world
0: an apology. Yes. The world has been wondering, where are these two? When it becomes dark, where is our light? That's right. Who's going to guide us through? But having said that, I'm very excited because I said, do you have a topic? You said, yes. I do. I don't know what the topic no. is. No.
1: Well, we never do until no. we actually start talking.
0: And then halfway through. I thought of it
1: today on my drive down to see you. Well, the reason, the reason we haven't met is because you've been gallivanting around in your new career as a wrestler. That's uh. not entirely accurate. <laughs> That's just to sell tickets. <laughs> I'm shameless in that. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, the Topic. Yes. So here's, here's where I'm going. So okay. on September the 30th, I wore my orange T-shirt shirt to school, uh, to campus, yep. uh, to recognize uh, residential schools and yep. and the challenges surrounding that. Yep. Um, earlier this week, on Thursday, yesterday it was World Mental Health Day. Yep. Uh, uh, today it's uh, International Day of the Girl, I believe. Yes, if I'm getting that correct. While we're recording, yep. Um, Coming up in December, I just got the notice today, early in December is International Day of the Person with Disability, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Mm-hmm. Anyways, my thinking was, and in part it's because I've never really gotten the full debrief from you, so I thought I'm going to kill two birds with one stone sure. on this, um, is talking about, and I think it's a topic that both you and I are very passionate about, um, is sport for persons within disability or not right. disability but within diversity right um, and then more specifically uh, talking about the value and the importance of physical activity recreation sport for uh, persons with disability and in, then even further more specifically your newfound passion for the program that you guys helped create for autism yeah um, and I, I have to be honest with you I don't know much about it and so I wanted I've been wanting to talk right. to you about it um, and learn more about it and have a conversation about it and I haven't and I thought as I was driving down that's what I could ask you about. And then okay. it can be a conversation. And you and I can talk about how they got off the ground, where we think it might go, kind of opportunities and possibilities. And then, you know, I think more fulsomely, we can still tie in some of the stuff that you and I have been talking about as it relates to Active City and mm-hmm. the Sport Calgary event um, that you helped MC last week in how sport and recreation, physical activity, leisure, physical education, fitness, et cetera, um, has such an important role to play. Um, not just for people with autism, but for everybody. But right.
0: let's uh, yeah, let's do that. So there's a lot, obviously, a lot to unpack there. Um, let me start it off first because there is a bit of a thread, and that is Active City. And I would go back beyond that. I would now, say that the Olympics, the thought of the Olympics, Paralympics the, too, Rob. Oh my God, the Paralympics. Not... But building <laughs> all of the, but no, but. You okay. know, if you think back the last four or five years, yep. okay. there's a common thread, right, about what we've talked about, mm-hmm. and, you know, for the most part. And I, I think that when the Olympic-Paralympic bid failed a year ago, um, some of us got up and go, well, you know, that's it. But mm-hmm. I'd like to think that what has happened is it's created this robust conversation yeah. in, in within the city. Out of that yep. came Active City. Out of that has come, I think, a renewed conversation about sport. Mm. I think to me, there's very much a hierarchy in sport prior to that, but I think for me, it's been very refreshing that everything's on the table now. It's, yeah. it's just not the Flames, it's just not the Stampeders, it's just not the NFL. It seems like there's a more, uh, 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 I guess, an appetite, if you will, to have a, a bigger conversation. So. Having said that, my pivot has become inclusion. My pivot has become, Mm. um, you know, I I talk about this all the time. The NHL started this great campaign called Hockey is for Everyone. That's awesome. That's amazing. That's fantastic. But do we live that? Right. And and we did some programming, uh, I think, somewhat successfully in in bringing new Canadians and introducing to the game and saying you're welcome – please be part of this we want to see you but I think it I kind of got caught up in the fact that things are trendy now and now we're going to move to the next thing now it's green and now it's influencers and stuff like that and to me part of what has come out of the 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 Olympic Paralympic bid has has been that renew again this this conversation about you know sport and and where what is inclusion? You talk about orange shirts, and you talk mm-hmm. about residential sc- schools, and you know indigenous culture. Are are we just, you know, are we are we wearing an orange shirt? Or are we actually making a difference?
1: No, no, agreed, I, and, right? And, and, exactly, and and we're certainly having those conversations at the departmental level. Um, are you at the university? Yeah. Oh, without question, and 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 as as an example, you know, do we do we incorporate Aboriginal sport and activities into our curriculum or is that cultural appropriation? And, and, you know, again, trying to walk that balance, um, of educating and and increasing awareness, but being, but doing it in an honest yeah. and, uh, in an authentic way, yeah. as
0: opposed to tokenism and just one-offs. That and that, you know, I'm glad you brought that up David because that I spend a lot of time thinking about is tokenism, cultural appropriation, uh, you know who's allowed to speak on mm-hmm. what and who speaks for who, and and I I worry sometimes that the the cause is just and the cause is right, mm-hmm. but then we get apoplectic about you know can, can we can we do without offending? And yeah. sometimes we just yep. need to do. Sometimes it's more. <laughs> you know I, I mentioned all the time uh, Tyler White out at, at Siksika Health, who kind of you know has introduced me to kind of the indigenous. Um, storylines and culture and, and the, the things that are going on really brought me up to speed on a lot of things. His advice is always just show up, just show up. <laughs> it, you know, everybody's worried about saying and doing the right yeah. thing, just show up. And, and I, again, I, I think that goes to um, Parasport. I think that goes to inclusion. I think that goes to adaptability. I think it goes to all of these things mm-hmm. is Let's not get frozen trying to think the right way, the right terminology. Let's do. We need more doers, and that's what active City's is so great about. That's rolling up your sleeves and actually getting your your fingers dirty, you know. And I'll, I'll get to superheroes, and I know you asked me this pointed question about superheroes, but I do feel, and maybe it's me and not society, but mm. I do feel in the last year more empowered to get in and make change, <laughs> more rambunctious in a way that. I'm not as interested in talking. I'm more interested in doing. I'm and glad I'm, to hear that. Yeah, huh. do you do you see any of that or feel any of that? Like to me, it's more about action now. Well, I certainly see and feel
1: that from you. Um, now, if you're asking me whether or not I see and feel that from the general community, I yeah. think, yeah, I, I think going back to the Olympic Paralympic plebiscite and and that failure or not failure because you could argue that, you know, having 43 percent of the city agree on anything was a massive success. Right. Um, but I, I, I do think that that has spurred on conversation. Although, I mean, just, just yesterday, right. They started tearing down the bobsleigh skeleton luge track. Yep. And I know, I know that made the headlines of the Calgary Herald, but I, I didn't see a ton of uproar. I didn't see a ton of uh, pushback on that. I mean, I, I saw it in, in pockets. I still think, I still think there's a lot more room um, for action. I think there's yep. still lots more room for connectivity that leads to collective impact. Now, having said that, I mean the fact that we had, you know, three uh, close to 300 people attend Active City, mm-hmm. um, really with very little agenda other than we want to bring people together to collect and connect and to yep. and to help drive yep. an agenda forward. And the fact that we had to continually look at ups, upsizing our room just to accommodate all these people and, and resulted in a, in a waiting list that we did not anticipate whatsoever. I right. guess does suggest that you, t- to your point, um, that people are wanting to make action right. um, and to participate in change. And there seems to me to be a series of collectives and groups and movements within the city that are all having a similar position. Um, of wanting to make change wanting to you know move the city in a positive direction so yep. there does seem to be an undercurrent of a desire to do that um, and i don't know if, again if that's a reflection of the economy uh, the the political situation I, i'm not i'm i'm not 100% sure but there yeah I, I guess i could say that i have seen this undercurrent this
0: uh, kind of flow of people wanting right to see positive change well and you know let's let's deal with the the, the tracks first at, at Windsport because i think it's a. I, I certainly don't want to portray is that it's all you know kumbaya and the mm-hmm. world's better and the sun's out i don't necessarily agree with that i think you know there's battles we're going to win and there's some battles we're going to lose mm-hmm. and i feel like that one's been lost mm-hmm. and now and maybe not forever maybe it's the, maybe we've lost the battle, we haven't lost the war sort of thing. And I, I want to be really careful about that because it, as, as you're talking about it, was there an outcry? I felt there was an outcry. I felt like the people connected to it, um, the Grace Defoe's, yep. the Jesse Lumsden's, the, the, the people, t- to me, it, it became that part of this conversation. And you talk a little bit about politics is I feel like we're more tribal now than we ever have been. Mm. I'm not sure that collective sport stood up and was heard on that. I think the affected sport was... Okay,
1: okay. no, no, no. and Don't don't get me no, wrong. No, no, no. Yeah, because no. I, I would agree. I certainly saw right. individuals voicing right. their sadness and concern. And perhaps, again, you know, maybe in the future, that's where an active city can play a role. Right. Um, in connecting and collecting people together to speak on behalf of a movement as opposed to individual
0: sports and activities, uh, uh, fighting in isolation. So, can you... Help me out. What was the event that we I spoke at last week? Um, how would you describe that event? Because that was fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad to hear you say that. Um, so it's not it's not dissimilar from Active City, but it's a more of a provincial focus, and it was um, centered on organizations that provide programming for people with disabilities. Right. right. Uh, so we had. You know, people representing Alberta Sport and Recreation Association for the Blind, wheelchair sport Alberta, yep. you know, clubs that are specific to places like Medicine Hat, right. etc. That was the, again, 40, 50 people that were there to talk about how we as a sub-discipline within right. perhaps the broader active economy um, can just do a better job of working together. But
0: it was 40 or 50 individuals that were asking questions about the collective good. Mm. 40 or 50 individuals yep. that were saying, how can we broadcast amplify our own message to that what i got out of that was you know again breaking down those silos of my sport versus your sport our funding system through your funding model i don't want you talking to my athletes because you might steal them sort of thing and i i wonder a bit about if what we are learning about wind sport and the tracks there we need Hockey parents and basketball parents and and dance right. moms and dance dads to stand up and go no 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 there's a, a collective good here there's a value in that yeah. and, and that's where I think I'm energized by Active City I think this is the the start of that conversation about no 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 we we can't just you know circle our wagons on our own things yeah. and and I I worry a little bit that that's what happened in that case
1: well and I listen I'm far from an expert on this or a, a true philosopher but my Recollection from having read *The Prince*, you know, M- M- Machiavelli, is that, you know, you you turn people on themselves, and that then allows you to to rule and be the overlord because sure. they're just fighting amongst themselves for the scraps. Right. Um, I could really have just ruined, you know, the synopsis of what that actually the message was, but that's my recollection from grade eleven. Um, and so perhaps that's what's happened in the sport recreation you know, active economy is that, that we do just that. We fight amongst ourselves as opposed to working together to have a rising tide raising all ships. And, and hopefully, maybe, perhaps, uh, the Active City collective movement can allow us to do that and to perhaps then better all of us Recognizing that there may be times where we have to make sacrifices, where we do perhaps don't get the win, and one of our partners does, but recognizing that collectively that's going to benefit all of us.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, the the time, the times they are changing. I guess I'm Bob. Now I'm Bob. Now I'm quoting Bob Dylan, but uh, (laughs) another true philosopher. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. But this brings me to, which was your question, which was, you know, why I was at the event that you were hosting. And, and that's superheroes and why I'm so mm-hmm. passionate about superheroes um, is because it is inclusive, because it was the opportunity. It was not my idea. It, you know, I was I don't know if I've told this story, but essentially um, I was I was stocked. It was a, fa- <laughs> it was a father of a, a young man with autism and, and he saw what was happening in Ottawa with, uh, with the condors. Uh, out there and and, Kyle. and who, are the, who are the Condors I don't so Kyle Turris hockey Kyle Turris back when the Ottawa Senators were in the playoffs <laughs> Kyle Turris scored an overtime goal but couldn't do the post game interview because he was running off to a fundraiser gala for the the Condors which was a special needs hockey team in hmm. Ottawa and they got a little publicity out of that hmm. and um, they were physically putting players with athletes that had downs or athletes with autism and allowing them to play hockey and and that just does not happen very Hmm. often and hadn't happened very often and um i i i want to avoid pointing fingers at others you know groups and entities but you know for the most part you know, being on ice was n- not going to be an option, and this father had seen that. And <laughs> he's and and Curtis Lazar had come from Ottawa and come to Calgary, and he thought if he talked to Curtis Lazar, Curtis Lazar would know about this, and he'd get. A- anyway, it, it it ended up. I had this conversation with him after a radio show one day, and it was hard not to feel for him. It was I was a little surprised, to be perfectly honest, that. You know, an opportunity wasn't available for kids who wanted to play, Hmm. and I made a phone call to Kevin Hodgson with Heroes and said, "You're the only guy I know that's ever started a hockey program from scratch. How do you start a hockey program from scratch?" Well, instead of starting a hockey program from scratch, we used kind of the experience of Heroes and Kevin came up with his pilot project. And
1: so, so what is Heroes? Because you haven't—I don't think he fully explained that. Okay, so
0: Heroes is uh, hockey education. Outreach, it's spelt wrong, but society. <laughs> so it was started by a gentleman named Norm Flynn who played in the Western Hockey League a long time ago, but 20 years ago. And it was started in Vancouver to give kids with no means and, and difficult backgrounds an opportunity to play hockey. What it became was an opportunity to help kids in life through hockey. Mm. So they don't play in associations, they don't play in tournaments, right. they just get together through hockey they teach life lessons they keep them engaged in school it's really the most altruistic concept in sport it's using a sport to make someone's life better the 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 feedback that i would give you is over 20 years we're talking about kids that have gone through heroes that would have ended up in gang life, would have ended up in jail, have gone on to become lawyers and doctors. Right. And, you know, we've seen yep. that I was recently at their gala and, and, you know, you're bringing back all of these kids that, you know, 20 years ago were on the streets in a tough mm-hmm. situation, mm-hmm. but because they got some mentorship, because they got some guidance again, the strongest, you know, thread of sport, but I'll tell you right now, heroes is a difficult program sometimes to, to keep going and running um, because I think some, there's this challenge with, uh, poor kids, if you will, or kids from difficult backgrounds who have ah, their parents just tried harder or, right. you know, why can't they use this or they right. can't use that. So they had the back, the background in a hockey program and using a hockey program f- for something more than just drills. Hmm. So, you know, we, we, Kevin started knocking on some doors and we visited different groups that dealt with, uh, uh, families with autistic kids and kids with Down's, and and we certainly were open our opened our eyes. We were under the impression that you know Down's kids couldn't play hockey because of some physical issues. We overcame that, so they could go on the ice. Um, as uh, you know, and I'm by no means an expert. Obviously, there's different degrees of the spectrum, um, and you know some of the kids that we get with autism, you know, may not jump out to anybody until you, you know, get to know them and others would fit a profile as it were, but all of them deserve the opportunity mm-hmm. to, to be uh, hockey players. All of them deserve the opportunity to go on the ice, to wear equipment. Um, but what it became for us as we went down this path was instead of affecting 25 hockey players, we were affecting 25 families, right? Mothers, fathers, right. sisters, brothers, what, we fail sometimes, if you will, on the outside to appreciate is how much work it goes into just, you know, living and, and going to school and all of the, right. and just a break, an opportunity for somebody to, and you just to sit back and watch your child play a sport or be on the ice. That was the gift that was superhero. So last year throughout the eighteen nineteen hockey season, that team grew here in Calgary right before <laughs> our eyes. We started in October of 2018 with the expectation that 18 of our 24, 22 kids had never skated before. <laughs> so we assume naturally that we'd be out there with, you know, skating aids and yeah. up until Christmas, what, by the end of the first session, most of the kids were flying around. <laughs> we ended up because it's, you know, the type of thing that we start off just doing 22 different small area games, we just <laughs> get them working. And it's amazing about kids. No matter what the issue is, they're still kids. And the same <laughs> things drive them. You know, as as, as much as you want to help a kid learn how to skate, it's his peer that's doing it that drives him to, well, I want to be there, so I'm going to make this happen. Right. And by the end of the year, we were doing full team drills. They were really games, hmm. British Bulldog and other things, but things that we couldn't have imagined at the beginning of the year, the first time we got out right. there, that we'd ever be able to collectively do this. Right. So it got a lot of attention um, for the right reasons. It got a lot of people talking. And then we got phone calls from Edmonton and hmm. other places. Um, you know, we spent a lot of time in the summer driving back and forth and talking to different groups, autism and, and, and Downs groups up there. And, At least this time we had video. At least this time we had parents' testimonials and everything. Right. So launched a team up in Edmonton. Launched a second group off of our waiting list here in Calgary. Launched a team in Regina. And really what this has shown me, A, it's the best thing I've ever been involved with in hockey because it's tangible. I can see Hmm. the changes right in front of Mm -hmm. me. But it's also one of those times where you can take a hashtag, Hockey's for Everyone, and you, can, and you can really mean it. <laughs> you can really live it. And, and I'm not taking a run at the National Hockey League or anybody. Um, you know, they moved on to something different. They still use it, you know, when it's right. But to me, it's living it. <laughs> and I, I tell the story all the time about, After the first ice session in Calgary last October, I was physically angry. I was mad because there was absolutely no reason why these kids should not have been allowed to play and should not have been allowed the opportunity to try on equipment, should not have, you know, and get out on the ice. And these parents should have never been robbed of the opportunity of watching their kids go and chase a puck. And, um, you know, I smile every once in a while because now we're to the point where, parent might come up and go, geez, you really got to, you know, work on him. He's really got to work on crossovers and everything. And, <laughs> and it's like, this is fantastic. You're a hockey parent. You're, you're you know, uh, and, and now it's just growing exponentially. Mm-hmm. And, and the weird thing about it, and, and Kevin Hodgson from Heroes can talk about this, but it's benefited Heroes too because mm-hmm. there's no shortage of want out there to help, especially, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in this field. And as a result of that, it's brought a little more attention to heroes, and heroes can benefit from this as right, well. Right. Um, but it, it goes back to this past year. I've kind of learned that there's doers, and then there's people mm. you know who want to talk. And, and I think we've got more people rolling up sleeves. I think I look at the you know the meetings you know I've been over the last number of weeks. There are people that are saying, "Yeah, talk's great, but how are we going to make change?" That's pretty cool. How do yeah. we make change? You know, it's not that dissimilar.
1: I'm not going to quite put you in this echelon yet, but Frank Hayden, who's the founder of Special Olympics, um, in many respects kind of started along a similar journey. He he was a professor at McMaster and at the University of Toronto and started some programs for children with Down syndrome in the 60s. Yep. Under under the proviso that he questioned why, you know, children with Down syndrome were less fit than than children who didn't have down syndrome right um and the argument back then was it was a, it was chromosomal yeah. and he said well that doesn't really make a lot of sense and so he set up these programs and lo and behold their fitness improved and so it had nothing to do with the chromosomal abnormality it had everything to do with just lack of opportunity yeah, absolutely and, and so the kennedy family found out about that brought him down to chicago and lo and behold he hosts the first special olympics games in 1968 and so I mean, who knows, Rob? Maybe maybe fifty years from now, we're talking about this for as an opportunity for people with autism, Aspergers, and you know, intellectual disability to have an
0: opportunity to demonstrate that they can play ice and, hockey and, and physical. Because yeah. that's the other thing that you know, Kevin Hodgson from Heroes is adamant that you know we've got to start finding some a- athletes that have physically been kept off the ice because mm-hmm. they don't fit the profile. Yeah. You know, they can't stand on their own, so how can they skate? Yeah. And there's things like K-trainers. There's things like sleds. What we, we we get so caught up that a sport must look like what it looks like on right. TV for right. it to be successful. And that's not it at all. The the, the true, again, I, I keep coming back to, and, and I'll use Heroes, for example, just those kids. Um, you know, the ones that are now graduating from high school that wouldn't have that are now going to college mm-hmm. that you know heroes is finding a way to help with their tuition mm-hmm. um I, I again it feels like i'm taking a run at the national hockey league but a couple of years ago um the national hockey league had a scholarship called the thurgood marshall scholarship and heroes in back-to-back years had players from calgary win that scholarship hmm. and what that scholarship allowed uh, one young man to do is um His mom was sick and and was, you know, not able to work. They had a a calculated household income of less than $10,000 in a year, and there was three or four of them, and he ended up graduating (laughs) from USC in kinesiology because of this Thurgood Marshall Scholarship, Mm -hmm. which he was eligible because he was part of HEROES. That's physically changing people's lives. That's, you know that to me as somebody who's worked in the world of professional sport you get so locked into championships and television yes. you, yep. you can't and you know this you 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 know I, again it's that whole conversation about you know the paralympics are are great but they need to inspire athletes just the same way any other sport does and that and and what is it it's participation mm-hmm. really that's the end game mm-hmm. is participation right and and that as i sit here today You know, my biggest thing is, is, you know, what, okay, what else are we missing? Where else, where else are we failing people right Right. now? Well, and
1: there's, yeah, there's probably no end of opportunities that are presented out there, which is in some respects sad, saddening, but I guess, and also in other ways, um, motivating because there's no end, you know, I can retire and still have lots to do.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, You know, one of the comments that you made, which I thought was interesting was, the impact of the of the HEROES program being impacted by the specific program for people with autism, yeah. intellectual disability, Asperger's, et cetera, yeah. um, is that reciprocal learning. Uh, that go, so we have an inclusive education program at Mount Royal yeah. where we bring one or two children, or one or two people, young adults with intellectual disability into our classrooms, and they audit classes and they participate. Right. And I've often argued, our, I, I think, I don't, I don't have evidence to... But I'm fairly certain that our department, health and physical education, has had the most students in that. Yeah. And I'd like to think that I had a role to play in that, but um, I suspect part of it is is because of my belief that the students without the intellectual disability likely benefit from it, if as much, if not more, um, than the student with the intellectual disability in the in the learning, the the empathy, the engagement, yeah. and, and those sort of things. And I think people forget that sometimes that it's just a. You don't. You're not doing that just for sympathy. You're not doing it just for
0: the to no. be a do gooder. No. Um, there's value. There is. So uh, what I was referring to was you know kind of the attention that superheroes brought mm. to the heroes program. So from a funding standpoint, well, so, it that, so up, exactly. But, there's value. But talking about what you're talking. So we run a, a camp in the summertime every year for the last eight years. That's just a weekend hockey camp for kids who would never get to go. House league players that. Parents can't afford it. Just you know the right reasons to do it. And this year we invited some of our superheroes players, and, and one came. and, and Ben is a, a young man who's just awesome. He's 16 years old. He's a down, athlete with Downs, but he's just a firebrand. He's just <laughs> he's got so much energy. And he came to the camp, and we put him in the group um, with the older kids. Um, his his skills weren't didn't match theirs, but what it did immediately was show us how young kids adapt mm-hmm. and become leaders mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they had, they rallied around him and when we did individual skills that were drills that were so far above what Ben would have done with superheroes the, the best players would would work with Ben mm-hmm. and the best pl- and they would keep him up and they would encourage him and you know mom and dad and I had a talk geez if Ben gets tired call me we'll come get him and they didn't think Ben would be able to do the on ice do the off ice do the in class Ben did everything and and that that group of kids that he was with that peer group took him and they all took care of him and they all took pride in taking care of him now when it came to our game on Sunday afternoon it made more sense to put Ben with the younger kids in the lower skill level and so he played you know, with kids that he hadn't been hanging around with all day and, and the young kids adapted to. It. But maybe the most incredible thing was his teammates from the previous day and a half came, sat, cheered <laughs> Ben on. Right. So, you know, the reciprocal we we off for some reason, we always want to put up, I don't know, boundaries or borders or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Inclusion, inclusion works. It It just does the flip side of heroes is heroes sends some of their older kids as volunteers to superheroes on the weekend. Hmm. So part of what you learn is in yep. hockey and sport, yep. the community is giving back. So there is reciproc- reciprocation that way. But to me, it's just, again, another example that inclusion, you know, it's, what are the unintended consequences? Right. They're very positive. They're yep. very good. Yep. And, and you know, you worry, you, you consternate, you, you, You know, what if? What if? What if? Sometimes you just do, and it works. And (laughs) I think sports is great for that, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. So, can I
1: take it in a slightly different direction? Please. So it's Thanksgiving. It is weekend. Yes. Uh, What are you grateful for? What are you thankful for?
0: Oh, I'm. I'm grateful. I'm grateful because I found this purpose now. I'm Mm -hmm. grateful for that. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to, you know, to to bring. Families in hmm. the sport through heroes, and this is all Kevin Hodgson. I'm just a volunteer riding his coattails. You're the uh, first. What, what's that? That video, right? of The person dancing on the hillside, the leader, and the, you're the first follower. Oh yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> no, no, ab- absolutely. Which is a fantastic video. Yeah. But that, that's what it is. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm grateful because of the opportunities that are there now. Hmm. um And part of that might just be um the friendships that I've made along the way that <laughs> expose me, like I. You know, four or five years ago, I would have never got to to present at an event like yours. Mm-hmm. You know, last week that was to be in that room with those people. That was really cool. Um, you know, but I, I I'm you know I'm, I'm grateful for the friends I have because the friends that I have enable me to do the things that I'm lucky mm-hmm. enough to do. What about you? What are you grateful for?
1: Well, similar. Um, I was thinking about this again on the drive down uh, from campus to the dome and thinking about. The mentors that I've had, and I know we had a whole podcast where we talked yep. about people that have yep. mentored us and led us, and I am grateful for having had the opportunity to have met them and to have had the dad that I had and the mom that I have, and um, you know, particularly people like Bob Sedward who you had a chance to meet last week, and yeah. um, and, and thank you for you know giving him a shout out at the Sport Calgary.
0: Uh, event or no I guess that was Katrina that did that but um, no, no, yeah it was me it was you <laughs> yeah, it was me. Sorry. sorry no it's all good because um, but, I, but I know what that meant I know what he means to you but yeah. I also know what he means to the movement yeah. right and, and I know now better than I ever have that we owe it to recognize the people that got us mm-hmm. here and,
1: and I think sometimes like while you're in the midst of it you're perhaps not at least I wasn't maybe fully cognizant of, the, of just how lucky I was uh, to have been his graduate student and to have been mentored sure. by him, right? Once, yeah. you know, when you're just in the thick of it, it's sometimes hard to, I think, you know, kind of parse out the, the benefit that you're, dev- you're, you're devouring from that experience. But looking back on it, I am absolutely grateful um, for having had that opportunity. And I think, you know, I'm grateful and I'm thankful that I have the ability and the time and the economics to to volunteer mm-hmm. um, and to help lead and to help, you know, perhaps drive forth an agenda uh, that I think is important. And so I recognize that I'm lucky
0: um, in that respect and I'm, I'm grateful for that. So, are you changing the world? Because this is a question that I've. I've no, <laughs> We're but, solving. We are solving no, all we the problems. No, we solve nothing. <laughs> no, but, I, I, you know, when you used to hear that, oh, I want to change the world, that always felt like something daunting. It always felt like hmm. you were going to somehow radically impact whatever 7 billion people on the earth and and to me changing the world has taken on a whole new meaning changing the world is just making some impact that is measurable to other people and I don't need to cure Mm. a disease I don't need to come up with the, the next alternative fuel I don't need to come up with the next viral thing. I have a want and a desire to change the world. I have a want and desire, in, as I've now defined right. it, which is I want to go out and make – I've seen it. I've now seen what – I mean, I'm not a. I'm. what am I? I mean, I'm, I am I can skate, but I'm not a great coach. <laughs> but I show up, and a bunch of other people show up, and some kids are playing hockey mm-hmm. that never got a chance to play, yeah. and it's having this profound effect on these parents, and they're smiling, and they're feeling it, and, and – that's changing the world to me, right? That's that's, you know, you do it as an educator. I mean, mm-hmm. you change mm-hmm. the world, right? Because these kids come to you, you know, what you know is clay, and you mold them and, and help mold them into something. That's the neat part is is just being in a being in a headspace now where I think yeah. like, okay, I, again, it's not about you know, gigantic or big or, or headlines or anything like that, but it's making a difference. And, and I feel like we're now in a position where we are. Well, and you know, Rob, that's
1: probably in part why, you know, when I stepped down as the chair of the department, mm. um, cause I wanted to get back to teaching. Yeah. I wanted to get back into the classroom. Yeah. And I think that's where I feel I'm best suited, uh, to quote unquote change, change the world. And, and maybe I'm naive and maybe I'm, I, you know, I, I buy into the hyperbole that I am, but I'd like to think that I am having an impact. I'd yeah. like to think that I am bit by bit, you know, chunk by chunk, changing people to think perhaps slightly differently, um, to be more inclusive in their thinking and mm-hmm. their the way that they do programs, et right. cetera. And that, that does make the world better, right? And again, I'd, I that does sound... Oh, it sells. Uh, yeah, I get it. You know, it pretty sounds self serving and, and all that. And
0: yeah, no, but that. But to me, it's just more of you know. You're asking me what I'm thankful for, and I feel like now, as I close in on fifty, that I figured it out. That hmm. you know, again, when you're twenty you know, something, and somebody says I want to change the world, yeah. oh my god, that's you know, you got to be the president or the prime minister. No, 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 no. No, no, no! Changing the world is is impacting somebody. Oh, I it, completely agree. It, right? It's all local. It is. Um, Lo- that's yeah. a great word. It's all local, right? Yeah. But but to me, I I think that's the message that we need to take forward. I think the the uh, we're losing um, uh, participation in in things like service clubs, mm-hmm. which worries me. I think. Um, you know, I think, yeah, I mean, churches, I think are having declining enrollments that that, 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 the sense of local community. Uh, And, 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 and I think there's a lot of I, 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 and not Mm -hmm. we, we, and us and, and those types of things. And I think, you know, it's about rolling your sleeves up. It's about, you know, boards are, I don't know how many boards you're sitting on. I've I've sat on a handful of boards now and being on a board's really interesting to (laughs) me. Like, you know, why am I doing it? I, I'm more comfortable volunteering and doing something than sitting in and talking about governance now i understand why you do it i understand why you have to do it i'm all for planning and stuff like that but yeah. my value to me and my time is better spent physically doing something right like that's the big revelation i have
1: well and i think in part and part again the reason why now i was you know getting this it's amazing what i thought of in those 15 minutes as i was driving from campus here. <laughs> um because it's easy to buy into the dystopian view of our culture and our society and that we're all going to hell in a handbasket and, you know, this is just an awful place and, ev- like, everything's just in a toilet. But then you start talking about yep. the Heroes Program yep. or, you know, all these amazing programs that I learned about last week that are happening in some, Absolutely. you know, the far reaches of
0: our province that are just doing some amazing things. Well, you just look at the speakers at Active City oh. and all the things that are happening yeah. in and around Calgary that are, you know, again, you talk about changing the world. That's yeah. on a different level. They're a yeah. much greater level, but they're changing the world here, right?
1: And and for good and are really positive in their outlook and are optimistic and are enthusiastic. And, you know, so I, I think it really sometimes it's what do you want to focus on? And I decided oh, as I was absolutely. driving down here that I was going to be thankful and I was going to be grateful. And I was going to choose today anyways um, to focus on s- sunny ways, I, I <laughs> but you know, I, I was going to focus on the good. I was going to focus on the, the possible right. um, as opposed to, uh, Oh, you know, life sucks and it's, you know, it's terrible.
0: But it goes back to how we started this. I feel like, you know, a year ago, the Olympic Paralympic dream died, if you will, for 2026, but out of that was born, hmm. you know, a decision. Do we want to just sit and grumble and look at our shoes? Yep. Or what do we do here? How do we avoid this? If we truly believe in this, mm-hmm. how do we avoid making this mistake
1: again? Right. Well, the, I mean, that op-ed, right, by our, our colleague and friend David Finch. Yep. You know, the week after, you know, the, the, the plebiscite. Are we an Olympic city? Yeah. You know, can we still call ourselves that? Yep. Uh, with the decisions that we're making? And perhaps, again, it was that, that nexus that fear or that has resulted in, you know, people saying, yeah, yeah, we are. Um, And this is how, but, and if we're not, this is how we're going to get there. Yeah.
0: I, I, again, I, I share your rosy optimism. (laughs) I I share your thankfulness and, and I think that's, that's the way we need to be. And, and I think what I'm finding is there's more of us than I thought. Mm -hmm. Right. I think there's more of us out there than I thought. And to your point about always dogging the next generation, oh, you don't know how easy you got it and all that. <laughs> and I, I, I have watched millennials get ripped back and forth, and I, and I know I'm that there's another generation behind them. I think th- I think those kids are fine. I really think those kids are fine. I think they're different, mm-hmm. but I think they're fine. Well, and it, you know, if, again, if I'm grateful th- or
1: thankful, it's having the opportunity to spend time with some outstanding young yeah. people yeah and so my perspective on it is exactly to your point we're in great shape we um, are the people that are coming through certainly in the classes that i teach in the the department that i'm in are just outstanding young people and i think i think we're more than in good hands i i think these are tremendous leaders i think they're optimistic they're creative um they're outside the box thinkers i I think they're going to solve the world. Uh, They they may solve something if we can't.
0: We've solved nothing. Again,
1: we've done a whole podcast, and we've solved nothing.